listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Just a little puppy. There are certain lines that you never forget, and for me, that's one of them. Hey, Hannah, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I good. I hope when we started this podcast, I didn't give you like Joan Calamesso energy of what she does, <laughs> Leslie. Like you're in front of the camera now. This isn't C-SPAN. This is RHAP. It's a freaking podcast. I know. I've been I've been training for this, training for this moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's so good at this at this episode too. Every I think single this is episode. one of Joan's best uh, episodes so far. I'd go so far to say. She's just yeah. so clear in what she is. When he goes, just, like, I am not constrained. a crook. <laughs> no, you are not a crook. Oh, she's great. She's so weird. I also had the thought, um, just so the listener knows, we can loop you in right off the bat. Uh, we watched season two, episode 22, Telethon. Mm-hmm. And there's a part in it where Leslie, and we'll get to why, retells a Friends episode by memory, like in order to entertain the viewers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is silly. And then I had a thought, is this what Will and I do every week? I did. Part of me wanted to just recap that moment again and again and again for 24 hours. <laughs> Have this be like a special bonus episode that's yeah. 24 hours long, raises money for nothing, and is us re-describing Leslie, Leslie describing no. the plot of. <laughs> I just love what she wait, what was, where was Ross and Rachel? Oh, they were fighting. <laughs> but really, like, takes her time. There, there's like a good three seconds where she's just remembering. Um, there was a box. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes that's how I am during recapping Parks and Rec. Like, oh, yeah. And they were all, like, at the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's, you know, as from one recapper to another, you love to see good, like, recap representation. You know, it's not, I think it's important that we see characters we know and love also recapping television shows. I just think that, I think we need more of that, you know? Um, now, here's a confession that you definitely didn't know. Go on. I've, I've been very good about not watching ahead because I really want to, as much as I love the future episodes, I really want to stay with, you know, our recap listeners, but I got too excited and I may have binged ahead. Whoa. Whoa. The Harvest Festival has (laughs) wrapped up. That's all I'll say. (laughs) A spoiler mixed with a confession followed by another confession, which is that I have also I'm also addicted to Parks and Rec, um, and I watched three more episodes last night. A character has kissed a character that we haven't even met yet. What? <laughs> um, for those who don't know, this episode is the final episode with the original cast without any additions. Next week, we will be covering The Master Plan and then Freddy Spaghetti. And those are the final episodes of season two and the introduction of two new characters. So we're jazzed. Like, this is a fun episode, but I feel like I've been saying this for a while. That, like, <laughs> dessert is coming. <laughs> I think the listener yeah. maybe stopped believing me. Like, Your way desserts. of, like, living in the moment with these episodes is, <laughs> is you every episode saying, like, it's about to get really good. <laughs> 
I know. I keep being like, I am so in the moment. Also, I see the freaking apple pie on the counter and you better bring it over. (laughs) I am so bad at not ordering dessert. Like when I used to go out to dinner back when the world existed, Mm -hmm. um, I would like, I always order dessert. Even if the dinner was going badly, if it was a bad date, but the the dessert menu looked good. You'd stick around a little bit longer. Yeah, my friend pointed it out to me once. We we were not in a good place, and we were fighting all dinner. And I still ordered dessert. <laughs> I think yeah, that that's like a little thing that I miss right now is like uh, the moment when a waiter brings out a dessert menu, and no one wants to say that they want. You know, there's like a moment of silence where it's like, I mean, "Are you guys if interested?" Everyone wants it. Like if <laughs> if we all want it, and sometimes people will suck, and they'll be like. I'm good. And you'll be like, yeah, me too. (laughs) But it sounds like you're always, you're pretty pro, pro dessert. If someone, if someone's like, yeah, we could do it. I will always do it. I don't care how freaking full I am. One time a friend took me out for like a birthday dinner and she surprised me with dessert. I love those birthday dinner surprises. Mm -hmm. That's my, yeah. When the restaurants, when they like, when. Someone when your friend you? goes to the bathroom, there were qu- air quotes there, and then suddenly dessert comes after dinner. I'm a, de- I'm a dessert yeah. person. I know this is shocking <laughs> stuff, but <laughs> the end of season two, the last two episodes of season two, is the dessert. We've been I, enjoying our dinner, but does if you want to, mm. well, we'll, we can get the last two episodes if you want to. Like if we're if if we all want to share or. Were the first 22 episodes of friggin' app. Apps and Zerts. That's a little... It's <laughs> a little, little call tease. forward, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say write it on a piece of paper and then we'll come back to it, but like, there's too much paper in those pockets. We should start doing, um, we should start doing those paper lanterns that are like very much a fire hazard, uh, but are very beautiful in every rom-com where, you know, where you light them and you... you lit yeah, them. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Have Maybe you we can start done... doing that with call forwards. Yeah. Sending them up, you know. I've never done have it. You, no. Have you ever done like a super rom com thing with like someone you're dating? Doesn't have to be Abby. But if Abby's listening and she hears something that's not her, she may have words about it. What's a, I'm sure I have. I'm sure that I've like really uh, had someone... Yeah, I mean, once once I owned like a small indie book publisher and I fell in love with like a conglomerate um, and then we kind of made it work in the end. So, yeah, yeah. I've like done. Well, you had, to, you? you had to walk. You had to run through traffic in New York to get to her because she decided to move to Seattle at the end. And you ran through the yeah. taxi cabs in order to stop her taxi. Yeah. When New Year's Eve, when you decide that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone. Yeah. <laughs> you want that to start as Well, soon you as know, possible. I mean, I can't think of anything at the top of my head except one time I did go back home for Christmas. I was like a little like fed up with the big city, even though I knew I was better because I lived in the big city now. Mm. And I went home and I don't know, I guess I remembered what Christmas and Hanukkah were all about and uh, Bo- rekindled both. it. <laughs> both of it. Um, rekindled something with an old flame. He wore a lot of flannel. It reminded me what it was like to be grounded. I, Abby and I keep forgetting to cancel our Hallmark movie subscription, which we I think we got like a free month trial. Uh, this is actually this is an interesting time to telethon episode is thinking about rom-coms because I think there's a moment in this ep where Leslie Subversion. 
wants to live yeah, in a rom-com. And that's just not the world that they're living in in that moment. Do you think we should, because we have now stayed up 24 hours, do you think we should stay up another 24 hours and jump into the episode? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but let's, let's like edit it together seamlessly. So, so people aren't sure where the cut actually happens. Yeah. You know? We'll edit out the other, you the know, other 23 hours. <laughs> I, no, well, cause I was going to say, I don't want to stop. Recording. I was combining 24 and 24. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't for some reason get to 48 and then minus one forty seven. You know what? It's uh, it's been a long journey, but we're here. Uh, let's get there. Uh, season two, episode twenty-two, the night before dessert, the all-nighter you pull late at night before your big test, and then finals week is over, and you just get to party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with some some real emotional stakes in that party are coming. You know, some of the good stuff. It's a dessert that's also a full course meal. It's at the end of dessert a meal. Dessert can be a full course meal. <laughs> you have. When you're doing it right. This is your version of like the Ron pyramid of whatever. It's like the Hannah. Hannah pyramid Shapiro of food pyramid. dessert as a full course meal. <laughs> your Gosh, food pyramid is, is standing upside down. It does sound like you're kind of yeah. starting with like the point and working your way towards <sighs> I just really right now in this moment do miss uh, restaurant dessert. I know they're like $20 per item overpriced usually, but there's just something about if you're with people that, okay, you got to have the right people because some people will, like my brother, we used to share dessert and he would eat it really fast and then be like, let's take a break. It's like, no, I'm slow and steady on this cake. You know what? This is not worth getting into. (laughs) My point is they'll bring it, they bring it out. With new clean spoons, that chocolate. I might just be hungry. Should we just get into yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, telethon. We start with a puppy. Yeah, which is like that- classic. I know. I know. We talk a lot about you know we're we're two writers, like screenwriting, writing for TV. Starting with a puppy is a good way to start classic an episode. Classic opener. A classic, classic opener. opener. If you're ever in doubt, if you're ever writing a screenplay and you're like, where should my action thriller start? Start with a puppy. Yeah. Blake Snyder, who wrote the infamous book, Save the Cat, which is where, based off of an early Superman film, you see Superman saving a cat. And like the first scene of the movie and you're like, oh, I know this is a good guy. Also, his name is Superman. So you probably know he's a good guy because his name is Superman. Um, but this is actually the opposite beginning of that, which is kill the puppy with Ron Swanson. Um, but it, it, it isn't the opposite in that, um, he doesn't, he doesn't go through with it. You stuck the landing. I was, I was letting you get, I was like, I felt like I was watching you do like an aerial yeah. gymnastics thing. And I didn't want to jump in cause I wanted to watch you stick the landing and lift your hands, <laughs> arms in the air. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I appreciate you did. it. Yeah. Yeah, you did it. Uh we open with uh there's been a puppy and there's a puppy in City Hall and Andy is playing with it and it licks Rod's mustache. It's a really clean opener. Yeah. Yeah, it really like shuts down local government for the amount of time that it's on screen. Very cute puppy. As a puppy owner, what's your take on this puppy? How would you score it? Real Tail, cute. Cuteness. Really, really cute. Lovability. I mean, not as cute as my puppy because my yeah. puppy's the cutest. But I 
I know this is, it seems like this is the episode to make confessions and professions. We used to have at, at college, they, there would be days where they were just like, they would bring cu- puppies to help with your mental health. And I never went to any of the puppy days. And that what? was a mistake. That was a mistake. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was during finals week. Uh, Northwestern students were really stressed out because it was a really anxiety producing atmosphere. And the school was like, you know what? Let's just give them puppies, which isn't the worst way to deal with uh, student mental health. No, but I still feel anxious because I never, I never went. I don't know if I can ever. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't let go of that. Uh, (laughs) But we go from the sweet puppy opener right in. We're going to, we're not even going to do a story, B story fully this time because it kind of is a bottle episode as well. We've talked about this. All the episode takes place within this telethon. Yeah, it's a diabetes awareness and, you know, I almost said anti-diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what that's not what it that's not what you say. Uh, it's, you know, to raise money uh, for diabetes research, uh, it, which uh, Leslie points out really important in Pawnee. So there's a 24 hour telethon and she signed everyone up for a block. And it's a little. It's not maybe at I- ideal time. It seems like mm-hmm. if she's like working, you know, the. I was going to say the stock market in Japan, but I realize this isn't. That's <laughs> not a. It's not a metaphor that makes makes sense. <clears throat> so instead, I'll just say two a.m. to six a.m. So it's real early. Sleep yeah, time. That was a good save. It was like you were on the the Am gymnastics I still flipping? beam now. <laughs> no, now you were on the you were on the beam and. You had a little waiver and the judges went, is he going to, is he going to catch himself? And he did. Yeah. I, it's good to know that that's how you feel listening to me talk. <laughs> I mean, like at some point, Will is going to break his arm. Um, no, I feel like you should view it in a positive way. Like you're an Olympic gymnast in my head. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I'm a gymnast, like from the movie Stick It, which okay. I can't recommend highly enough. That sounds so familiar. Have I seen it? It's a gymnast movie. Have let's I seen recap it? that next. Yeah, let's yeah. recap that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a um, recap within a recap within a recap. I think something I, I like about this episode is even though it's a crazy shift and, um, you know, these are not people that want to be there. Everyone agrees to do it because Leslie just does so much for everyone. It's sort of, it, they, Ron says it, but also like April's there. Uh, yeah. Anne is there. Ron is there. Everyone joins in. Leslie, we'll see as a theme in Parks and Rec, is she is constantly giving to the people around her. And so they step up when she needs them. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a bottle episode. And it's also like a Mentos in bottle, shake it up, see what happens. Like it. Yeah. They, they put all these ingredients of like people are sleep deprived. They're staying up late. They're, I don't know. It, it makes for, it's a nice way to, to raise well raise the Leslie stakes. isn't just staying up for 24 hours because she spent uh the whole night before staying up making let's diabetes this um t-shirt so she uh is really up all night you've been up all night at Northwestern I remember you did the 30 hour dance marathon to raise money for charity so you know how she feels I've and done a thon or two yeah you've this done a my thon first or two thon. And I did a study thon where I stayed up all night in that horrific Northwestern library with only one puppy break. <laughs> in retrospect, I think I could have studied more efficiently. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, maybe there's a more efficient way to raise money. <laughs> I think both are true. Um, yeah, because Northwestern, the library would be open 24-7 during finals week, which I don't know if that was actually in the student's best interest. Yeah. Yeah. How many, I'm trying to think how many thons I've done. I guess I've done a, I've done a half marathon, a triathlon. I've done one leg of that. Dance, a dance-a-thon. Wait, you only did one leg of a triathlon? Isn't that just like a run? <laughs> yeah, I just went for a swim. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say. Isn't, I love that so much. I love yeah. describing going for a swim as I did one leg of a triathlon. Next time a, I go for like a, a bike ride. Race, it, but also, yeah. No, I know. I, anytime I I'm going to go for leg. a run tomorrow and be like, don't worry, mom, I'm working out. I did one leg of a triathlon. It kind of uh, helps. Yeah, it kind of helps you keep things are in perspective. Just you are just funny. Has anyone ever told you you're funny? <laughs> uh, my Thinking, gosh. Well, though, we forget, though, that the fourth leg, so it's it's biking, swimming, running, running. and then you're supposed to propose. It's proposing to someone who's going to say no to you. So that's the mm -hmm. final leg, which is what Mark does. That classic in this next final scene. leg. Well, because we start the episode before we get to the thon, before we put the Mentos mm -hmm. in pre -thon. the yeah. pre thon. Mark, as we know, was going to ask Anne to move in with him. But he says instead he wants to ask her to marry him. Yeah. And Leslie is immediately jumps on board and wants to help make it amazing. And I can relate to this. I feel like I have called officiant at multiple friends' weddings that haven't happened yet. Like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm so in. I'm ready to officiate. I have a couple couples that I'm like... Um, you know, laying the groundwork for to really get mm. a great. I feel like I'd be an incredible officiant. I feel like I could do what it are your really credentials? well. Pitch it to me. Yeah, I'm gonna get married I feel someday. Like, I feel Sell me like on it. yeah, no. I feel like you need to be able to like speak in front of a group, really comfortable with that. You need to be able to like make people laugh, but also make it about the couple, like really know the couple. And I have a couple couples that I'm like, I know you, I love you. My one fear. Here's where I, this is my one, my one like tick on the negative, the pros and cons list when you're thinking of having me as your officiant. I do weep at weddings. Like mm -hmm. I weep. And like my cousin's wedding, I was like bawling. My mom told me to shut up. Like I was <laughs> not shut up, to be quiet. I was crying so loudly. So, but I told my one friend who I've, you know, called dibs on officiating for, if she walks down the aisle for me, like before the ceremony, I can get my crying out of the way. And then I think I'll be perfect. I'll be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it can maybe be like a blocking thing where it's like, yeah. it's like, what do you see? You know, like maybe. I mean, <laughs> I just love, I just, I just, I'm so excited to officiate. So you would be doing like the Leslie, like hype up. Oh yeah. I really think, I really think I would get, as much into it as it's not a competition, but I would care more than the couple. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm really, I really, there, there are a couple, there's basically two main couples I know that I think are going to, 
Can you end give up us down any, an island? any hints about who these couples are? Do you think it's too early? They're gorgeous. <laughs> They're wonderful. They love each other. Not they don't love each other like the two couples don't love each other, but the two mm. people in the different couples love each other. They're very different, these two couples. Um, different journeys uh, that I can't wait. I think one I'm definitely going to officiate. The other one I'm going to have some competition for, which yeah. is why I'm really trying to like plant the seeds now. Well, it sounds like what could help is if you can get the first couple to get married first. Write a review. Yeah. Write a, have like a really positive Yelp review. Yelp yeah. page, yeah. I think this is part of the problem with with Leslie in this moment. This isn't what... She gets ahead of herself. She gets ahead of herself, which yeah. we are also pretty good at doing, I think. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just because I called dibs on my couple friends. No, I will say... Um, Leslie does get ahead of herself, but we could also view it as like she's had trouble getting on board with this in the past. So maybe she's going hard in the other direction. She's like, this is happening. I want to be great. Also, Mark, maybe not reading some of the cues that we've picked up on. He should really film himself and Anne and then watch the footage back. There should be a game day review of his relationship because Mm -hmm. we do know this is one of his first relationships ever, though. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. He's like, this is how a relationship should be. But as we remember recently, just a few episodes ago, I don't like Tom was taking unhappy photos of them. What episode was that? The catalog, the summer catalog. Which was, was that last episode or two episodes ago? Two episodes. We got 94 meetings and before that we got summer catalog. Right. Um, so anyways, this is part of, this is Mento one into the bottle. Mark Mm -hmm. wants to, at some point, propose to Anne. Leslie wants it to be big. Uh, Mento two into the bottle is that, um, April and Andy are still in a weird place with her being young. So they're sort of like dancing around their flirtation now. Yeah. Uh, third Mento, Leslie hasn't slept at all. So put it in the bottle. And remember, Fourth don't don't put the Mentos, if you're playing along at home, don't put the Mentos into the bottle as we're talking. They'll all go into the bottle at the same time because I my understanding time. is that's how science works. <laughs> Another Mento into the bottle. Mm. Um, Tom. We've got Ron. Oh, well, Tom stays out of the bottle. <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah, so Tom is in charge of the VIP portion of the telethon, which is bringing Detlef Shrimp. Shrimp? Shrimp. Say that German name. He's a German-American retired professional basketball player. He played college basketball for the Washington Huskers from 1981 to 1985. Similar to Tom. Tom Wikipedia for Sports Guy Dad. If we know anything about Tom, he doesn't always do his tasks well because he gets kind of wrapped up in himself. At least Mm. at this point in the season. Yeah. In the show. Yeah. So add that Mento in, then add in the fact that Ron is going, but Ron doesn't want to be there. Um, Any other Mentos we should throw in? Maybe Joan Calamezzo's a Mento. Uh, Yeah, the fact that, uh, you know, this is a Sweetums town having a, a diabetes awareness thing yeah so leslie decides <laughs> in order to like, stay awake <laughs> yeah in order to stay awake she's gonna eat the nutrients which as we know as rob correctly pointed out it kind of has a drug-like reaction in this town mm-hmm. yeah it's, the sugar is especially <laughs> especially potent um so there, and, there are your mentors and warns her, but in. she's yeah 
they're all uh, just a pack of pack of nutriums, which would actually literally probably have the same same effect, I think, as as an, a real a life Mentos. a literal Minto. Yeah, so we've got everyone on the phones. Um, Leslie also seems to be producing the beginning of the telethon. She's on. She's on in front of the camera for her portion, but she's really a producer. She's like herding dancers in and out. She's very active. She's wearing a lot of hats. Um, she's designing T-shirts. Yeah, and we don't see anyone in her diabetes beat this T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I kind of imagine those shirts would be something that you would uh, wear nostalgically, you know, that it was like yeah, to because commemorate. there's Pawnee Cares, there's the official theater. Yeah, so Tom's going to get it. Everyone's on the phones. Jerry's phone has like a thousand lines. It's the switchboard. It's <laughs> no a switchboard. One, it's a big not listening to Jerry episode. It reminds and a big Jerry bring a lot yeah. of value. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a future episode. Um, go eat some nutriums if you don't want this huge spoiler. Where the uh, parks department takes place in a four one one like call helpline, mm-hmm. and Jerry's connects to nine one one for for some reason. <laughs> and it, they they have fun with. Um, I think it's four one one is help. They have fun with Jerry not having uh, the correct phone lines. But <laughs> this is one of those episodes. Um, yeah, and Tom's supposed to entertain Detlef Schramm and decides to take him to the Snake Hole Lounge. There's, and here we get another recap within a recap in which Tom recaps Detlef Schramm's career to him by reading yeah. his Wikipedia. So it's a big, it's a big episode just for, for recappers worldwide. I found um, I, I know that Tom is um, selfish, but I did feel like his thing was sort of plot driven. We needed um, Mr. Shram to <laughs> to not show up for a while, and so he goes to the snake hole. And basically, the sleazy owner is like, "He's not leaving. This is great for business." And Tom, who's drunk on light beer. Sort of just gives in, and we we see Leslie now stuck with this four hour block in the middle of the night with no Mister Shramp there yet. It kind of feels like um, two fun choices in a row in terms of the episodes. Just thinking about the writers, where like ninety four meetings, you just get to write like one off one liner jokes for extras being yeah. weird. You know, you get to like write those, and then in this, you get to just like everyone has a talent. Like, it's another yeah. fun talent show. We literally see someone from the beauty pageant episode, the most bookable guest in Pawnee, <laughs> come and sing a song. Denise Lerman is yeah. wonderful, and she will make more appearances. We also get Joan Calmezzo is co-hosting with Martin, who <laughs> Martin Housley, who is not a big character, but it reminded me a little bit of, like, Anne Hathaway and James Franco, that Academy Awards uh, year where, like, he seemed, like, high, and she was, like, very excited theater kid, and yeah. their dynamic just, it didn't work, and I love to see Joan have to deal with this man who is less than her talent. <laughs> yeah, Martin Housley feels like all the all the characters in this sort of in Jones orbit are heightened, but Martin feels like a pretty real character of just like a normal middle-aged white guy who just does a different impression every time he hosts. And no one has told him that he should stop doing that yet. <laughs> he does Nixon. And then what's the other one he does? Uh, I think it's Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, 
I mean, I feel like there was a time, there was a time in high school where, where I had like a string of teachers who maybe would self-identify as funny, but were would actually just have like an impression that they would do. <laughs> he reminds me of like a lot of men I did improv with back in the day. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you're actually, you're just like quoting lines from these three movies over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyways, Martin does not get his own spinoff. No, not yet. But we're getting close to that. Oh, yeah, we're getting close to (laughs) that. When we say new characters are coming, it's just that Martin comes back hard. Yeah, he's picked up a few extra characters along the way. (laughs) So, Detlef Shrimp, Mr. Shrimp, nowhere to be found. Um, Leslie, scrambling, sleep-deprived. Pack in the house. Luckily, we've got Mouse Rat. I love really this bit out. where yeah. April's like, yeah, you're opening at 2 a.m. And he is just so genuine every time she tries to be sarcastic. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Leslie asks how's it, how it's going. A reminder that Leslie, you know, is a champion of this relationship. Yeah. Uh, and uh, April says she's pregnant with their first child and married. So it's not going well. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so we got Mouse Rat, and then things start to take a turn for the worse. As the later debt left, Mr. Shramp is not there. Uh, there's some coin flip games where you flip the coin and... <laughs> just a, a probability, yeah. just <laughs> If we run out of ideas for this podcast, let's just play that game. Yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually one side has to win, you know? Or does it? <laughs> we get... We get some close-up magic from Jerry. Um, well, he wants to do magic, but then she breaks his only egg. Yeah. I guess Ron is the only other one who has Oh, I has love this bit. He goes, I've got this. And he lifts up his um, rope and then proceeds to do the slowest caning of a chair. <laughs> I think he's labeled as a master caner. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is, what is that? Just like weaving, but for... For chairs, for furniture. Is that what it is? You're like making the... Well, the I'm episode not a doesn't actually caner. teach you how to cane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I know how based on this. And then I love Leslie's callback to um, the rec center teacher episode, dinner party, because she said, should we just call the rec center teachers? And April's <laughs> like, no. But they do call our accountant friend. Oh, one of my favorite extras, Barney... Barney Varnon, is it that? Barney Varman, Barney who Varman. <laughs> is incredible. And he comes to talk about QuickBooks again, and Andy is eating it up. His Yeah, his like accounting type five has gotten stronger. I know it's mm-hmm. still like meant to be painfully boring, but it's he's, he's improving. Of, he's getting yeah, better. He's done a lot of open better. mics. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we also have, uh, remember one of our mentos uh, is April. Who is mad, I think, that Andy has backed off a little on the flirting because she's young. So she, uh, and on one of her calls, uh, you know, kind of flirts with uh, whoever she's talking to, which turns out to be Sewage Joe, who works at the sewage department. Yeah. And just a fun thing about the structure of the app, because it's like a series of events to raise money. And there's like always, there's always just the hum of activity and like everything is like happening all at the same time and one of those things is leslie gets the idea to really get people's attention 
Uh, hot people kissing. That's hot where it people starts. kissing. And who are the two hottest people? Anne, beautiful mermaid, and Mark. I'll, which we haven't. We've been pretty hard on him, but I'll say it. A hottie. A hottie. Anna. This I, is a this is a hard episode to hate, Mark. I'm I, just gonna say it. <laughs> I th- I think it's you know uh, while I don't think it's completely his fault because Leslie he trusts her, um you know she trusts him. She's saying how much she hates salad, her deepest secrets. It, yes, with Leslie pushing you, it is hard to not end up in this position. But I will say. There have been signs he could have listened to the tenor of the relationship a little better than he does. I I think so much of that is in retrospect, though. I really feel for Mark, especially where it's just like, oh, like he can. Yeah. If these are the first rough patches he's ever had, because it's the longest he's ever been in a relationship, then yeah, yeah. And and but, I don't think Anne is being super communicative because she kind of has just realized. In this episode, well, we in get front a of really yeah. nice. We have, you know, the episode. You know, I, the, something I liked. I realized I've liked about the ending of their relationship in general. We've talked about like, except for this episode, which is big mm-hmm. rom com esque type things. It's always been little clues of why they're not suited for each other. And the little clue in this episode is she, he brings everyone coffee. And he puts cream in Anne's coffee. And Anne, that's not how she likes her coffee. And I know that seems like, it almost seems like uh, Leslie recalling the Friends episode. It seems like a tiny detail. Why are we? But that's that's what every, the the, the downfall of their relationship are, has been all those little things. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's been interesting. I don't know. I, th- I feel like rewatching it, that is something I've realized. I'm like, oh, they really let this just... Die slowly. (laughs) Almost so that he doesn't even realize. Um, But yeah, she convinces Mark to go get his grandmother's ring. uh, His grandmother who was not on the Titanic. Yeah, which I I think when uh, we get we get three, we get two recaps in this episode and we get two grandmas. We get a Nana from Leslie and we get a grandma from Mark. So if you're if you have your bingo card out. And you have Nana or Grandma. Make sure that you're ding, 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 putting Nana. a little chip on a both of those cards. A lot of the cards. devil talk with Leslie's Nana, but no, I. Another thing is, so while while Leslie is running around, she she asks Anne earlier in that episode, like, "Do you think uh, Mark's the one?" And Anne's like, "The one? I mean, maybe." Which is also a clue that maybe she should have put the brakes on with that reaction. Leslie should have. Uh, but Anne thinks about it and keeps trying to like talk to Leslie throughout. It's the uh, it's uh, I want to say it's Chekhov's gun, but I don't know if that applies here. <laughs> I don't know why I went with that. But we know it's like Anne keeps reminding us that she has something she wants to talk to Leslie about. Mm-hmm. Which well, I, think I also I- was a little confused by because it's like Leslie is running this whole telethon and, and Anne doesn't know that Mark is going to. try to propose that night so why did she have to talk to her that night like in the middle of can you explain this to me (laughs) her timing is off no i i i think maybe it feels like from leslie's perspective the the most important thing is this telethon and that's part of the problem but for Anne, she's more worried about like her own 
her relationship. And, I think it's important, yeah. and I see why she wants to talk to Leslie about it, but Leslie is running around, and I feel like Anne is like, hey, can we sit down and talk? <laughs> like, I, I, it, it doesn't seem that weird because we know what's happening, but sure, if sure, Mark sure. wasn't about to propose, couldn't she just have waited till Leslie, like, slept and then talked about it the next day? Like, why? I mean, she is respectful when Tom calls and... We think there's a shrimp emergency, like she lets her do it. But it's not until Anne starts to go home. And in order to stop her, Leslie's like, let's talk now. And Anne tells her that she thinks she wants to break up with Mark. And this is when Leslie freaks out, tries to call Mark, tries to call Tom, calls herself, tells herself it's going to be okay. Uh, And she's on stage when Mark comes back with the ring in his pocket. Yeah. Here's, I have, I have a defense of Anne in this moment of why she thought this was a good time. Go for it. Will Sondheim. (laughs) I thank you. If we're going to, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Hannah Shapiro. Um, (laughs) I, I love Leslie. No, you love Leslie. No, we're a big fan of her. She's a role model for people all over the world. But I do think she's not a role model for setting at all healthy work-life balance or like clear separations. Like I think because she always goes above and beyond and isn't out of like, isn't way out of bounds by being like, Oh right. Leslie is always doing a million things at once. I can also ask her about like this big relationship thing. Cause in the past, I think Leslie would want to do both at the same time. Like, I think Leslie has, I think that's a lifetime of Mentos of like working too hard so that then, yeah, people are like holding you to that same, that constant standard of just like constantly overworking. I guess Leslie would do that to Anne as well. It just, it read a little bit plot, (laughs) plotty. Like, oh, we need, we need to remind the viewer that Anne has something up. And it yeah. just felt, I guess it felt a little out of character for Anne. For Leslie, maybe. But it, it ends up not mattering because it all comes to a head when Mark tries to get on stage and Leslie tries to pull her pants down, which is her go-to TV move, as Joan points out, to prove she wasn't with Dexhart. Uh, and then we get a Please Stand By, a very funny title card interruption. And uh, she explains to. M- <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm rushing back through this, but uh, it's she traumatizing. To Mark, we don't want to spend too much time with it. It's yeah, hard to remember. She explains to yeah. Mark, "Listen, I mean, I just um, it this not like this because she knows she does. Anne doesn't want it, and then he goes, oh, that's why you pulled your pants down.' And we have a very funny. I did what? <laughs> yeah, just truly. Who knows how long Leslie had been in just kind of a a blackout. <laughs> But before we leave this telethon, Shramp finally drives himself to the telethon. Tom runs on stage. Shramps gives $5,000 more. And we end on a, a tall note. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was also going to be like, and it ends up being a pretty good night for diabetes. But I realize that's not what, <laughs> that's not what it is. But people are oh. aware. People are at that point $20,000 aware of it. More aware than yeah, they were at the beginning. I mean, at one point during Leslie's shift, she was losing money. So this is really, it's good that she raised raised the bar. And then we get 
the morning shift of a very funny Purd Happily doing the worm. And we get, like you said, I think while we were watching, one of Ron's best lines, which is like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> Purd? <laughs> the story of this next dance is it's called the worm. <laughs> ah, I'm a fan. I can imagine getting up six in the morning, seeing Purd doing the worm. I mean, that's just a town you want to live in. Yeah. But we've got one more closing scene. This shit ain't over yet. Wait, what happened? I think I just had a Leslie Note moment where I, I forgot that I pulled my pants down on public access. The, the last final scene is Leslie is always going to put her friendships above herself. And before she goes to bed, she goes over to Anne's house, parks her car on Anne's lawn and asks Anne if she wants to talk it through and takes her up on this. And they talk, and then Leslie sleeps for like 20 hours. <laughs> and Anne decides to draw a mustache on her. Which feels unfair, considering all that Leslie's done for her this episode. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Le- Leslie also kind of got, <laughs> got Anne in some trouble. Or like, made her stay up almost all night. And like, I think... That's fair. Everyone is there because <laughs> Leslie did sign them up for like a, a 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Maybe that's part of it. Anne's like, I'm here. I'm tired. Also, Anne does save her life this episode. Because one of Leslie's things in order to pass the time, she was going to drink like nine glasses of milk. And Anne runs on stage and says, that will kill you. I forgot about that. I'm being hard on Anne, but she saved her life. Let's see. Yeah. How many glasses of milk is it? She wanted to It's drink. eight or nine is, is the amount that kills you. Let's see. So maybe Anne is like, I saved her life. So like, I can do what I want. Yeah. When I was in high school, there was, there was this thing called the gallon challenge where you tried to drink a gallon of milk in an hour. That don't do that. I tried. I tried for crush because I had, I had a huge crush on on everyone else doing the gallon challenge, a big group crush, but it doesn't work. It's impossible. Milk just, milk finds a way to get out of your body. <laughs> that's the, that's the, I the mean, fun fact. <laughs> I'm trying to find where it is. I want to know how much milk it is now. I think it's eight, it's eight or nine. Another way we could figure this out is okay, here we I go. have here some we milk go. in the fridge and I can just start. Yeah. Why don't you drink it? I'll start. Yeah. Uh, she glasses. was going to drink eight glasses of milk. Um. Yeah, I think Leslie, we start to explore her flaws, uh, you know, in the future mm. season, not the early season one flaws where she was kind of not as good as her job as the character became, but steamrolling is a flaw she'll learn to acknowledge. And I think you are right in a sense where she does sort of takes Mark's general idea of wanting to propose and is like, at first, just like, we got to make this big, but then really encourages him to do it on Mm. TV. Yeah, she has, she has a line where she says, she's talking about proposals and she says, you know, you have to repeat that story for the rest of your life and talking about Anne, where it's like, it should be this big special thing because you're repeating that story for the rest of your life. I think it just made me think that Leslie... Yeah, we start to learn her faults, which are are often just like really good qualities that are dialed too far up or something. Um, and well, and this like is one most, of those. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I just think like the thing with the story is her also. She can't let go of her own idea 
and and part of her journey is learning to do that and learning to trust her friends you know of like learning the difference between pushing and challenging your friends and actually letting them live their own lives outside of the binder positive attributes also have some sort of negative i've thought about this like from my time on deal or no deal where like one person watching would love me for the same reason someone else would dislike hate me Hmm. and it would be the same attribute but just in reverse interpreted a different way Mm -hmm. and it was really frustrating because i'm a person who wishes i could you know make everyone like me and i would really like to be able to eliminate what people don't like about me but i learned that you know one person's like oh she's like passionate is another person's annoying. And one person's like, uh, I don't know, like quirky and fun is another person. She's such a tryhard. She's putting on an act. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't, you can't win all the time. But I think it's not just because, um, it's not just because it's like the same thing, but it's like learning to be aware of what your qualities are so that you can be a little bit more balanced or at least self-aware about it. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. I just need to not. Maybe this is a therapy <laughs> conversation and not <laughs> a podcast one. No, I think. I, yeah, I, I think I think there's a reason that people really idolize Leslie. But I also think part of. Part of what's fun about like rewatching the show and talking really deeply about each episode is also understanding when the show itself is like critiquing certain aspects of her culture like i think like in in the same way where i see like critiques of like girl boss culture or something you know of of like having or hustle or like grinding culture of like always be always be going always be working um to like you know constantly hustling to get the next big thing like i think uh i think it's interesting watching these episodes again and and not Recognizing that, like, Leslie isn't always in the right, obviously. You know, like, that's what makes her a dynamic no, character yeah. is that she does go too far or, like, overcompensates. Well, or, her characteristics, yeah. like I said, they swing both ways. They can be interpreted both ways, but she'll, the more she becomes, like, a self-aware character, the more she'll be able to swing that in a positive direction more of the time. Hmm. Like, when she realizes she can steamroll then she can make her passion for her friends a little bit more aware so she doesn't do it. She doesn't learn this in this episode, to be clear. Yeah. There's no... <laughs> Leslie doesn't have a moment in the end where she's like, wow, I really just push Mark onto stage to propose. I mean, you know, she her way of being good in the end is going to her friend even when she is, like, physically exhausted. Um, and, there, yeah, I guess I, I have a question, too, of, like, when... You know, like, it's such an admirable quality to, like, she's giving every... She's trying to give everything to everyone. Like, she's trying to give everything to the telethon. She's trying to give everything to to Anne. Anne. And it's just a reminder that we... (laughs) We as people are limited. Like, you can't do that. Like, if if you're giving everything to the telethon and everything to Anne, you'll, like, park on Anne's lawn and we'll kind of listen to her, but we'll also, like, fall asleep. Like, you... You know, it's just like knowing. No, she's a character that needs to learn a little bit of balance. Uh, in a, in the future, 
she'll balance uh, her job with a new endeavor. And Will, there's a really funny episode where she realizes she can't give 100% to two things. Ron will tell an amazing story about a time he tried to do that. And uh, we'll swing back to this conversation then. Uh, in the meantime, I kind of, we only have a couple voicemails this um, episode, but should we listen to them? Yeah. Please Bring call in, in uh, speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio at Radio Pawnee. Leave us a five-star review um, because, you know, we really, we want you to rate us, but rate us well. <laughs> uh, our first voicemail is from Connor Young, number 148. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Connor Young calling in from Norman, Oklahoma. So today I wanted to talk about the treatment of classical piano on Parks and Rec. The first time we saw a classical piano performance was in the pageant episode when the losing finalist played piano and she did not win the pageant. This episode we have Jerry playing the piano and doing a great job, I might add, and he also gets kicked out of the telethon rather quickly. I got my degree in classical piano, so this is a touchy subject for me. I want to know why the showrunners chose to make a joke out of piano when it's such a great thing. Um, is it because it's linked to Jerry? Is it for another reason? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Connor Hi. Young! Wait, we just learned something new about Connor Young. Connor Young is a pianist. It all makes sense. My, uh, my grandmother <laughs> is a classical pianist. So My brother is a pianist. We have a band. <laughs> of all piano players. I would, Connor Young, if you ever want to do a little... To give us... The treat, the honor of a little Parks and Rec opening theme. Oh my gosh, please do it. Whip out your harpsichord <laughs> and play us a little ditty. I'm, we're, and we apologize on behalf of the show for its treatment of piano players. Jerry also gets shit on for having an actual talent uh, yeah. that he can and offer. Saxophonists get off pretty well in this show. A saxophonist <laughs> yeah, is I really mean, treated pretty well. I would say, though, that. It's because it's Jerry. And also with the beauty pageant episode, Leslie loves her piano playing, but they just want to give it to Trishy and Eddie, the hot one. Well, yeah. So it's not about the piano. It's about the dress the piano's wearing. I think both times, too, the, the joke is on the show of like... This is incredible, yeah. but these characters just aren't respected. And I wonder, I mean, it all, it feels like it's like a, this kind like a lowbrow, highbrow thing of like, yeah, maybe kind of in this, in this fictionalized Midwestern world, classical piano just isn't getting, isn't getting the, the love that it deserves. But, but you will bring it onto this podcast and it will get the love it deserves. Yeah. We, we wish will you never. a merry piano. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going on that. <laughs> I just tried to finish your no, sentence we'll, yeah, we'll, in the weirdest we'll wish way. You a merry piano. <laughs> On that note, let's get to number 149, Anonymous. Hi, Hannah and Will. I have a telethon full of sports guy dad things. First, congrats on picking Alabama, which easily won the football ch- uh, college football championship. Uh, Roberto Clemente's uh, a great Great, great baseball player, Hall of Famers, Hannah noted, and also a great humanitarian, having died uh, 
flying to Nicaragua after the big earthquake there, bringing aid to the starving Nicaraguans. Uh, <clears throat> the other, uh, Mia Hamm did not wear number 21, as you know, uh, so, well, good try by you. Uh, this episode is a Sports Guy Dad favorite because it has one of Sports Guy Dad's favorite basketball players in it, even though he was sidetracked with Tom at the club, Detlove Shrimp. Shrimp. Detlove Shrimp's son and I played basketball together for many years, and uh, only ending when the pandemic came and ended uh, pickup basketball. So uh, my sports dad question today is, when do you think pickup basketball games will begin again? Anthony Fauci's been asked this and has his opinion, but I, I trust you guys more, so let me know. Uh, have a great Detlef Shrimp podcast. Wow, one of the best sports guy dad voicemails, I think, up to date. Yeah, he, it seems like actually your dad would be a pretty good Detlef Shrimp expert. <laughs> I mean, I that. feel like we might be able to get Shrimp's son on Whoa, the podcast. So just that's wait. A get. He's coming, <laughs> maybe. In the meantime, we'll keep flipping a coin. So when, when does pickup basketball come back? My, my guess is a, is a crisp fall day is my earnest, my earnest feeling. Are you talking about 2022? A crisp fall day, Hannah. <laughs> Idyllic. I'm going to say out there. a yeah. sweaty, hot summer eve. All right. I like that. We've got our money down. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Sports Guy Just Dad, for calling in. Uh, Shrimp, we'll see you soon. Shrimp, son. Uh, our last voicemail is from Anonymous, number 150. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Will. Love the podcast. You. I really like this episode because it just highlighted how great Leslie Nope is and how what a good friend she is. and She's even willing to drop her pants for a friend. Um, so kind of wondering what's the most outrageous thing you've done to help a friend. Um, I also like this episode because it gives sports guy dad an opportunity to talk basketball. So I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Anyway, I uh, can't wait for next week's episode because I think we get to meet some new people. Uh, take care. And by next week, we'll have a new president too. Bye-bye. Wow, new characters, new president. Next week. Exciting yeah. times ahead. Yeah, it's a new it's a new president, but it's it's like a guest star becomes the main character. Like it's it's like a familiar it's a familiar, <laughs> familiar face. face. Yeah. From an earlier season. It feels I like know. a spin-off show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Leslie Nope would be pretty damn excited for our next president uh who she has a very big crush on which will be touched on many times throughout the series yeah i mean as long as we're like aiming high and trying to get Detlef's son maybe we also try to get uh 
Yeah, Biden you know. was on Parks. Yeah, I think one he of the Bidens. What is he doing? He was what an extra he too. He was like a featured extra. Like I think yeah. we can. I think, I think we, we can, can nab a featured extra for the podcast. From what I've heard, the first one hundred days are busy, and then your schedule Things starts to open down. up. Yeah, you get invited you're... to Mark Maron's garage. Like I think, I think there's a little more wiggle room. <laughs> um, biggest thing you've done for a friend? I. I think, yeah, biggest or most outrageous. I've like, yeah, I've like traveled for friendship. Like I, I once flew to, I flew to New York. This was before Abby and I were dating, but I flew to New York to drive back with her. But that's not outrageous. And I feel like. Wait, you weren't dating, but you wanted to be dating. No, not no. even. I think You we're didn't dating. like her at all back then. No, I just nothing but animosity for each other. <laughs> And I was like, you know, it'd be really bad, a road trip. <laughs> so we did that. I feel like I've, 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 I feel like nudity has happened for friendship. Like, like solidarity. Is it Abby again? Because that's not, that's I know just that dating, count. Will. No, I've gone like, like solidarity. Uh, what what is solidarity? Okay. I, solidarity and nudity, you said as if this was a thing that I would solidarity just. Solidarity nudity. <laughs> Where it's where one person is naked. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and you you don't want them to be alone. <laughs> what about you? Are you trying like outrageous things? Well, I don't know. I'm not. For some reason, outrageous things aren't coming to mind, and more just like I enjoy um, I enjoy coming up with the perfect like gifts and things for people. Yeah. And before the pandemic, before it was the hip thing to do. For my friend's birthday, I got, like, everyone in her life to send a video in. And that was kind of fun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's not outrageous. Would that's you, would, just sweet. I think I, yeah. Would you, like, get a tattoo for a friend? No. <laughs> I'm scared of needles and I regret things really easily. I'm really, I've locked myself in a bathroom of a doctor's office to not get a shot. Well, I guess it depends what you mean. If it's, it's like, if I have to get a tattoo or my friend is like, life is at risk. But if my friend is just like, yo, let's get tattoos, my answer is going to be no. Okay. All right. Well, it's really good for me to know. Thank you. Would you get a tattoo <laughs> for a friend? Well, I was going to ask you something, but if it's off the table, I won't bring it up. Um, our matching oh, tattoos. I'm trying to think of outrageous. <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, okay, I Mom. <laughs> if, I hope, Mom, you're still listening next week. Because I'm going to spend all week thinking about the most outrageous thing I've done for a friend. And we are going to circle back. Great. And if, you, if we can't think of anything, I think it also means we have like six or seven days to really do something outrageous. So that's nice, too. We've got some time. Challenge accepted. I, I wouldn't get a tattoo, but would I pull my pants down so my friend doesn't get rejected on live TV for a proposal? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if I'm it's my first <laughs> my first impulse, but I, I would... I feel we, like my we've impulse actually would had be this like conversation before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> uh, so we won't repeat it. Mom, I hope uh, you listen next week for Outrageous Part 2, Dreams Come True. Uh, we're going to be reading uh, a five-star review. From Philo Pilo, we have a five-star review. Philo Pilo says, I have a sickness, and the only cure is more Pawnee Public Radio. Also, I typed my symptoms into this phone, and it says I may have network connectivity problems. 
What a great improvised future Andy line. <laughs> great line, Stay great tuned. review. Um, thank you. Our final next final. review, thank you so much for taking the time, is from JGCJUFB. Pronounced. I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said Jew in there. Oh, no, because J U Jew. Um, a plus plus five stars. Such a great podcast. I always aim for the A plus plus. Yeah. <laughs> Which often is impossible, but this is the podcast to aim for that, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was from uh, J-U-F-B. I want to know what each letter stands for. Please write in and let us know. Thank you all for your um, time. Your <laughs> the most outrageous thing you've ever given us is your time. Uh, Will, any fun weekend plans? Oh, never. Um, you know, I think I'm going to... Uh, I think I'm going to drive to a friend's house and sit on their porch sounds like a pandemorific oh that should never have been said <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh boy uh you know we're what just really you? thankful yeah. you're listening any fun weekend plans um i might drive to sit I'll outside yeah 15 feet apart with a friend and eat pancakes. That might be happening. I have to text him though. So if that doesn't happen, then I don't have that plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. That sounds like two, two pretty good weekends. Two crazy weekends. Um, you know, I just, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you could tell a friend about us or a colleague or, um, a parent. Yeah, if you play pickup basketball with anyone who may have been in a sitcom that was filmed in the early 20 teens and they would want to join or start listening, you know. Do you smell that, Will? Yeah, it's pretty strong. Is that what I it's, think it is? It smells like dessert coming just around the riverbend. <laughs> it's okay. It's three Pocahontas references in a row. <laughs> but only the same reference. It's never anything else. It's always just around. Yeah. We need to figure <laughs> out what your trigger is. is and we, need to, <laughs> we need to take care of it. I don't know why I keep saying that. I like how you tried to make it okay. Like, you're like, oh, three references. No, just one reference three just, times. Just around the... It, yeah, it's a tick now. I think you need to watch... I have some homework for you, and it's watch okay. Pocahontas this weekend and get it out of your system. Watch it as and many times as you need to. maybe come up with a different <laughs> reference. Okay. I will watch Pocahontas before we get our next president slash new characters. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Next week, apple pie on us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.